Everyone knows how brutal the entertainment industry can be. Whether you're grinding away just to get a foot in the door or doing everything you can to keep working, the struggles of the working artist are so well known, they're almost cliche at this point. But one entertainer who's beaten the odds for more than two decades is Ada Nicodemou, who you might know better as Leah from Home and Away. How has Ada done what so many haven't been able to figure out and hold a steady job in the notoriously unstable world of TV? And how does a working actor manage her time, energy and attention when she's also a brand ambassador and a parent to a young child? My name is Dr. Amantha Imba. I'm an organisational psychologist and the founder of behavioural science consultancy Inventium. And this is How I Work, a show about how to help you do your best work. I feel like being an actor in a daily soapy could not be any more different from my life as a consultant. So I was very curious to know, what does a typical week look like for Ada? Ada, I'd love to start with understanding what does a week in your life uh, look like? Um, every week's different, like every day's different. We tend to get a schedule um, on a Thursday night for the following week. Um, but the last couple of years with COVID, nothing is certain as everyone else is, you know, facing the same problem. So we do get a rough draft um, for the following week. But if someone tests positive, then, you know, you could get a phone call, go, you know, come in. Um, you don't have a day off today. You've got 12 scenes that you need to do. Um, but generally, yeah, I get my um, my schedule um, and the minute I get it, I start scheduling my own things. And obviously first is um, making sure that my son Jonas, you know, can be picked up, dropped off. When am I doing it? When's my partner doing it? Um, when his dad's doing it? All that sort of stuff. Um, then I'll schedule in my workouts um, and any sort of appointment. So so what I usually like to do, like this morning, I was at the gym. Um, I left home about like six, so it wasn't too bad. Went to the gym. I had a day off today. So um, I've gone to the gym. Um, like I was saying to you, I, I just after the gym went and looked after my grand, uh, my goddaughter and, you know, now I'm just going to do a bit of work um, at home. But otherwise I tend to go to the gym at, um, if I'm working, I don't know, like 4.30, 5 o'clock. Um, if I can, um, and then go to work, usually at work by seven um, or six, do makeup, and then you're on set, you know. Um, it just, but every day is different. Like some days I might not start until 12 or two. Other days I might be finished by nine o'clock in the morning. Like every day is different. Wow. Okay. So, so talk me through a day where you're on set for the majority of the day. Um like what? What would that look like? Um, so yeah, you, you'll go into makeup. Um, you'll get you go into your dressing room, get changed, go into makeup. I always have a coffee <laughs> while I'm getting my makeup done. Um, makeup tends to take about forty five minutes. Um, I'll also go through my lines while I'm sitting in the chair. Like obviously, you know them by this stage, but it's just nice just to sort of read over them. I'll do that. Um, then get made up. Um, go on to set. Um, it depends, again, what set it is, but say it might be the Morgan House or the Diner, which I'm in a lot, um, 
you'll do how many scenes do you do before lunch? Maybe it might be about eight scenes um, before lunch. Then you've got an hour lunch break, and then there could be some scenes. If you're on all day, then there's probably another eight um, after lunch, and then come home, get your son ready, get into bed, and learn you cook dinner, learn your lines, and do it all again. But it depends. Okay, so learn your lines. You make that sound so easy, but I mean, eight scenes before lunch. And I imagine it's not just remembering words, you're remembering the the blocking, the physical movement of where you need to be. No, not anymore. So um, when I first started in Home and Away, we used to, it was a completely different setup. So um, there was like three massive cameras. I'm sure you've seen this when you've seen um like live TV shows being done with this three big cameras on the floor. Um, and then so we would have rehearsed it beforehand and we would have rehearsed all of our blocking um, and we wrote down all our blocking and the director's not on the floor. The director's up sort of in the second level sort of with a vision switcher and, and you've got a first assistant director on the floor and they would sort of, you know, control the floor, whereas that doesn't happen now. Um, you go in uh, for a scene You'll sit down, you do a quick line run, um, and then the director will go, you know, start at the cough machine, maybe on line two, walk over, pick up a plate, go into the kitchen, whatever. But that's quite collaborative as well. Um, and depending on what the scene is, you know, you might have something to do with the blocking. The director might have something to do with the blocking. So basically when you're learning lines, you're learning lines um, nowadays. Um but, you know, obviously you've got to do a bit of script work. So you've got to understand what the storyline is and, um, you know, where your character's been, where your character's going, all of that stuff. So how do you learn lines? What's your process? Um, I'll read the whole script um, prior to rehearsals and then um, when I get my schedule for the following week, I'll break it all down into the days and then if I know that, for example, on Thursday I've got a really big day, um, I'll just sort of read over those, you know, throughout the weekend or what, like just a couple of times. Um, so it just depends on what it is. But I, my process is um, with learning lines, just sort of keep doing it. Um, you know, just before bed I find if I read my lines before bed, they tend to sit, sink in. Um, but it just depends on, on what's sort of like. If you've got a massive monologue, then you've got to sit down and, and really spend a bit of time learning your lines. But if it's conversational stuff, like reading it, you know, a few times before bed over a couple of nights, it tends to sink in. And then again, in the makeup room, you'd read them again. And then you've got a couple of rehearsals on the floor and they tend to be in your head. I've been playing Leah for, I don't know, 21 years or whatever it is, 22 years. So it's a lot easier because I understand the character and I feel that they probably write close to us as well. So um, it's a lot easier to learn. How do you try to relax before those big days where you are kind of mentally maybe stressing and preparing? What strategies have worked for you? Um, exercise really works for me. Um, a really good breakfast Um it, like if I'm and if I'm tired or hungry, um, I'm not good to anyone. So yeah, I like to have a really good breakfast. Um, and I, I'm one of those people that wake up hungry, so I have no issue with 
having breakfast or whatever. Like I, I can have breakfast at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I'll always make sure it's a big one. Um, but I find exercise, even if you can just go to the gym and do a 20-minute run, um, if I've got a big day, I find I'm just a lot more alert and, um, yeah, everything just sinks in a lot better. Um, yeah, it just really works for me. I'd like to say a good night's sleep, but ever since I've turned, I don't know, I'm 45 now, I'm going to say the last two, three years, I'm such a terrible sleeper. I think it's just my age. Um, so, yeah, I battle with sleep a lot. Do you have almost like a, a shutdown or a switch off ritual when you've shot all your scenes for the day, there's nothing left to do, but you've still got the full face of makeup and the lashes and everything? How, like, is there a process that you use to switch off? Yeah, so I find that um, my drive to work prepares me for the day um and because I'm just by myself and then I find the drive coming home um helps me unwind um so because yeah I I feel like you know because you're talking all day and, and on like I just think that drive home really helps me um but then when I come home you know say hi to the family I have to go wash my face wash the lashes, draw that, pull my hair back like it is now, and then I'm ready. Because um, I do, I feel like I do need to wash the, or I'll have a shower just so I can just wash the day off um, before I'll start dinner or whatever it is that I need to do. Because um, especially if you're on set all day, uh, there's a lot of powder that goes on your face and I feel like it just gets really heavy by the end of the day. So I just, yeah, I just need to sort of wash it all off. On your drive home, is there anything else that you're doing to to transition out of work mode? Yeah, like sometimes I'm thinking about the day and um, breaking it all down and getting rid of it, you know, because um, I don't like to bring that energy home because sometimes, you know, I mean, you might be doing a day where there's a lot of emotional scenes um, and as much as you don't want to take that on, of course you have to take that on because you have to get to a point to be able to cry or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I'll think about the day and unwind and shake it off and, you know, maybe play a bit of music or maybe listen to a podcast where I can laugh or, or whatever it is. Um, but I don't like to bring my scenes into my home life. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And, and what I have found as well, um, because we all, like if I've got, say, 12, 15 scenes in a day, you're not always going to feel like you've done a good job with all of them. Um, but if I did one and, and it was terrible, I'd go, oh, I, I let it affect my other scenes where I find now I don't let it do that. I go, right, okay, that was one bad scene. I, I didn't, you know, I felt like I didn't sort of achieve what I wanted to achieve, but I've got to let it go. Hopefully someone just got up, made a cup of tea at that point, didn't even see the scene because they're so quick. So, you know, I just don't let it affect my whole day um, because we can't be perfect all the time and we are never perfect. (laughs) So, yeah, I I do just have to shake it off. How did you learn to do that? I think just survival, Um, you know, because I was finding that I was letting it really get me down um, because I am a perfectionist. Um, I think I am type A personality, so everything has to be perfect, you know, like literally at home, like my pillows have to be a certain way, all that sort of stuff. Um, But I was just finding that it was making me really unhappy and very unproductive. Um, 
in my whole day I was letting, you know, a conversation that I'd had with someone or, you know, a line read that wasn't great or whatever it was. I was just letting it affect my whole day and then a lot of times affect my mood when I was coming home. Um, and, yeah, I thought like that's just you, you can't do that. And especially when you've got a child, like I don't want my child to, you know, I want to be really present when I'm with him because I do work a lot. So it's very important for me to be present for Jonas so, um, yeah, I've had to learn just to shake things off and, and also not like everything around the house doesn't need to be as perfect. It's never going to be perfect. You know, there's always something to do. There's always another load of washing to do, like all of that stuff, right? So I, I, I have to constantly work on that though. I do have to work on just letting things go. What strategies have you found have been effective for, for doing that, which is easier said than done, let's face it? Um. Yeah, look, I I've accepted this is who I am. <laughs> um and I and I just had to talk myself. I, I when I find myself getting really busy at home and cleaning for like just constantly cleaning, like okay, what's that about? What am I avoiding? Like, is there something I need to be writing down and thinking about? Um, do I need to go for a walk and just shake it off again? Like there's a reason why I think you need everything to be perfect all the time. I'm trying to control something. So I'm just trying to be, a, like, more self-aware and also just letting things go. Um, and, you know, the minute you have a child, like, you you do learn how you have to let, let things go because you can't control them, you know. Um, you know, I spent the morning with my little goddaughter this morning who's 18 months. You're on her clock. Like, it's whatever she wants to do. So I think children really make you present. How how have you balanced the, I guess, you know, what, what can be sort of an unpredictable filming schedule of being an actor with being a mum? I have really struggled the last couple of years because prior to COVID, um, we would get our weekly schedule and it would pretty much stay the same. It was very rare that it would change, you know, if someone was really sick. Like I'm talking in hospital sick, um, it would change or if the weather was really bad. But but you tend to be the same all the time. Um, and I like having a schedule and sticking to a schedule, whereas I find now um, even when you've got a day off, like I, I get a little bit anxious that I don't know when I'm going to be called in. You're constantly looking at your phone. You make appointments. You don't know if you're going to make them. You know, I promised my son I'm going to pick him up and then I might not be able to pick him up, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, so... I haven't got a handle on that. Like I still struggle with it. Um, I, I'm not the only one. I'm sure everyone's in the same boat with COVID. We haven't been out to book holidays and know that we can keep them. And even now, like I've got a holiday booked in three weeks and I'm not excited about it because it's like, well, who knows whether we'll be able to go. You know, it's it's still always up in the air. But um, I try and just be as organised as I can. Um I try and, um, you know, make sort of contingency plans for my son and for everything else around me um, just in case I have to go into work. And, yeah, you just have to be more present and being in the moment. Like this is what COVID has taught us all, I think. We will be back with Ada soon talking about how she balances her work schedule with being a single mum. 
If you're looking for more tips to improve the way that you work, I write a short fortnightly newsletter that contains three cool things that I've discovered that help me work better, ranging from software and gadgets that I'm loving through to interesting research findings. You can sign up for that at howiwork.co. That's howiwork.co. Now, you've been on Home and Away for over 20 years. I mean, it's unusual for anyone, let alone an actor, to be in a job for so long. How are you keeping it fresh and interesting? Look, um, because the storyline, like everything moves so fast, I don't think you have a lot of time to be bored. And and there is always quite interesting storylines. And look, sometimes they're bigger than others, but... Um, I'm not that bored because it's not like you're playing the same story the whole time. You're always telling a different story. So that makes it interesting. And also um, they let us, like we're very fortunate that um, Home and Away in 7 will be quite open to us doing different things. So, um, and look at that, like at the moment with COVID it's a bit hard because it's hard to sort of say, oh, you know, I can let Ada on Wednesday and Thursday go and do another show or whatever. It's a bit impossible. But prior to this, um, there was other projects that we got to work on as well. So, um, yeah, if you're trying different jobs, I don't know, you just never get bored. I'm not bored. Um, but for me, um, it is a job as well and um, I get a lot of joy out of my life outside of work and uh, my son just turned 10, so he keeps me really, really busy. Basically, we only have one night off a week where we don't have a sport, so out of seven days. So we're quite busy. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, <laughs> I've i got an eight-year-old daughter and we've got netball one afternoon a week. Oh, like quite different. <laughs> just, yeah. He loves soccer, so he plays, yeah, two different types of soccers and then they have their play, but they're trained and they play. Then he's got jujitsu, and there's always stuff on. Um, yeah, so we're, we're quite busy. Yeah, yeah. So there's never a dull moment here. <laughs> that sounds like it. Now, a large part of your job involves doing interviews with media and promoting various things. How how do you decide how much to reveal about yourself um, when you're doing interviews and, and work with the media? Yeah. Um, I've learnt to actually, like if something makes me uncomfortable, there's a reason why it's making me uncomfortable. I used to be one of those people because journalists have this really great ability of like if they're silent, um, I tend to feel that silence because I'm just, I'm a people pleaser and, and I just, I feel like it's part of my job. And I was always giving a lot away um, and and I try not to do that now because it's it would make me feel really uncomfortable. And and also I think for a long time, because I've been in this industry since I've been 16 years old, I'm 45 now, I've gone through so many different things, um, but I've always felt like it's my job to give people everything and it's actually not. And there is a lot of things that are really hard to talk about and are really, really personal and you don't need to tell people everything. So, um, yeah, I, I, I now go, look, if something's really uncomfortable, I won't talk about it. But, look, I, I think I probably still am quite honest um, as well. But 
I do say no to a lot more than I used to because being at home with my partner and my son is so important to me. Um, and the last two years have taught me that and I've pulled back from a lot of things. I don't do a lot of things like I used to. I used to just say yes to everything because I thought I had to. Mm. How do you decide now what to say yes and what to say no to? Um, is it something that I really want to do? Um, also, is it going to take time away from my son? Like weekend stuff, um, I'll only do um, like any sort of weekend charity stuff. Like, for example, there's a telethon coming up that Seven do every year and I thought it was the weekend that um, I had my son because I share custody um, and it wasn't. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not taking time away from Jonas. So do I want to do this? Like, yeah, I'll go and do that. Um, but yeah, if it means me having time away from Jonas, I don't tend to do it. Mm. I'm in a share custody position as well, where I've got my daughter half the time. Um, and it's interesting. I, I feel like they're, they're two different lives that I live. Yeah. Um, you know, one is where I put myself first and I put my work first and I can put my partner, um, you know, really high up in the priority list. Yeah. And when I've got my daughter, Frankie, she's my number one priority and everything gets scheduled around her. How does it work in your life? Like is is that something you can relate to in terms of it's almost like you've got two lives? Absolutely. Totally agree with you. And it, you're so right. Like when, when they're with you, they are your priority, you know, and when you do share custody, like you notice it even more. You notice how little time. Remember someone saying to me something about, you know, you have 18 summers with them. I'm like, Oh, my God. <laughs> like, when you put it like that, like why would I wish it away and why would I give energy to something that I'll pro- I resent? That's the other thing. You know, you say yes to these things and then you resent that you're doing it. So what's the point of doing it? And I just want to be at home with my, my son. Um, so I totally relate to you. But I remember initially when I started doing the share custody thing, when Jonas was away from me, I just was lost. Like it's so unnatural not to have your child around and I was just beside myself. But then once I got used to that sort of two, three years down the track, I thought, oh, this is actually quite lovely because you can then use that time to do things for yourself because once the minute you become a parent, you don't have a life anymore. That's how I felt. But um, so it's nice sort of having those two lives like you're saying but but yeah I I do definitely though when he's around like he is my number one priority he literally he just turned 10 yesterday and I don't even understand how that happened like and I was quite (laughs) emotional about it yesterday so how how are you 10 and yeah it's just it's just too quick it's way too quick Mm, yeah the the 18 summers thing I'd I love sort of thinking about those moments. I remember I I saw um, Billy Crystal's one-man show a few years ago. I think it was called 500 Sundays um, and that was the number of Sundays he got with his dad before his dad passed away. And I, I, I sort of I like to remind myself of just how, you know, how precious that time is because it can just feel very mundane as well being a parent and you know feeling like you're doing the same thing day in day out with the time that you don't have Jonas how do you think about that time and I guess make the most of it given um the you know that you don't have this big responsibility that you have in the other half of your life 
Um, like obviously I try I have a partner that I've been with for quite a while and, and we try and, you know, do our date nights or have weekends away and um, you know, just f- and, and fill our cups in different ways. Like whether it's like I I mean I could spend all day at home just pottering around the house, cleaning and just organizing things. I love doing that. It's I, I just find it really relaxing. <laughs> so I love doing that. Um, but I just it's really important just to you just do stuff for yourself. Um, I love, like I'll read, like I said, or I'll go for walks or I spend, you know, I'll see my friends. Um, but, yeah, trying trying to relax is very important for me because I can just be on all the time if I'm not careful. I don't, I'm not great at relaxing. Um, and when I'm with Jonas, obviously you don't relax. So yeah, when I'm not with him, I, I do try and do things like that. But yeah, yeah, just just fill my cup in many different ways. How do you make sure you do relax when it doesn't come naturally to you? I have to. Re- I have to talk myself into. I like. I, I have to. No, no, no. You don't need to do the fifth load of washing or whatever it is. No, just sit down on the couch and read your book. Um, and, of course, once you do, like, you know, it's lovely. Um, I, I don't know where I get it from. I think my mum's a bit like me and she's always just been on the go and and uh, I don't know. We, we it's, a, it's a female thing though as well. It's always, a, oh, you know, I'm so busy, like, I don't know why we wear this badge of uh, we need to be really, really busy all the time. So um, I do have to talk myself down a lot. Something I love to hear from people is the best advice that they've received. I'd love to start with advice relating to your career and as someone, um, you know, one of the lucky ones that has had uh, a, a pretty stable career in the entertainment industry. What's some of the best advice you've received I, I think it's just sort of teamwork um I think it's you know, never never believing the publicity never believing that you're more important than the next person we we all are the reason why the show is so successful and if it wasn't me on the front cover of tv week it'd be someone else it's just, it's just a job that you feel it's not because of it doesn't it's not because I'm special that, uh, you know, I'm on the cover of this or I've got this campaign or whatever. It is just because you're on Home and Away and it's a really popular show. So, um, yeah, I just think I'm always very aware that that it's teamwork and, um, yeah, that's really, really important. Is it is it hard sometimes, um, I guess, not to believe the hype? No, not, not for me. Um, I was really like I've been look I, like I said I've been in the industry since I was sixteen so I remember when I first started in the industry um, you know of course it got to my head I was a teenager and I was a little <laughs> shit like I remember talking back to a, a runner once and I just was so embarrassed about it afterwards I'm like who are you to like demand like it was just I, it's not how I was brought up but I was really lucky that from the moment I was in the industry I have a very strong Greek mum who firstly didn't let me have the money. She saved all of my money and she'd give me like a little bit of pocket money every week. I had to finish my schooling and I would come home after being on set all day or being at some amazing premiere and I'd be 
having to scrub the toilet or do the housework or do, like it was I was always brought back down to reality um and I think because mum did that with me early on it's just stuck with me like I, it's just a job like we all just have a job out there and I make sure that Jonas is aware of that because kids these days from a very young age just want to be famous it's not about working hard it's like What's important is about being famous. And I always say to Jonas, um, that's not what's important to me. What's important is that I work really, really hard. I, I enjoy my job. I work really, really hard. I'm nice to people. I can provide for you. You know, all of that stuff's really important. And, um, yeah, I just I just really try and instill that in him that, um, you know, because they all want to be YouTube stars these days, um, which I just don't get. How do you manage those situations where you're out in public with him and you've got fans approaching you? Yeah, he he went through, like, different stages. Like when he was a baby, obviously, in England, standard and a toddler, and then he used to get really angry that, like, the attention was off him. And then he, he was quite observant. And then he really liked it, you know. And and so now, now sometimes he likes it. Like, but he'll go, "Oh, can I get in the photo too?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, you're not getting in the photo. <laughs> you stand back. Mummy's just taking a photo." And they go, "Oh, does he? Do, do they watch Home and Away?" I'm like, "Yes, yeah, what's my job?" So I think, but now it's sort of becoming a little bit more matter of fact. But I noticed him at school the other day. I picked him up from school, and some of the kids in the playground sort of came up and were chatting or whatever. And I could see him just like looking over and like being aware of it but being sort of proud but like oh yeah that's just that's just what happens you know so I don't know like I'm forever talking to him about it and I just I just want him to know that it doesn't mean a lot to me and um but it's come from a lot of hard work um and it's you know if I could do my job and not be famous that'd be even better now, Ada, for people that want to connect with you in some way, they can obviously watch Home and Away, but how else can people connect with you? Oh, um, I guess my Instagram. Um, I try and answer people and you're going to ask me what it is as well. I think it's just Ada Nicodemo. Um, yeah, so I guess guess through that, through my Instagram and i got Facebook as well, so, yeah. Amazing. I will link to those in the show notes. Ada, thank you so much for your time. It has been absolutely fascinating getting an insight into your life. Oh, thanks, Samantha. No, it's been lovely and I'm, I'm glad we finally got to do it. Me too, me too. I loved hearing about Ada's process for switching off from her day, especially considering how emotionally draining some of her days must be. It's strange when you work from home, you miss out on the commute home, which for many people, I suppose, is a chance to start that switching off process. I'd love to know what you do if you work from home like me. How do you switch off and leave your workday at work, even when work might be in your home? Drop me a note on the socials. You can find me at LinkedIn, just search for my name, Amantha Imber, and also on Instagram at Amantha I. How I Work is produced by Inventium with production support from Deadset Studios. The producer for this episode was Liam Reardon. And thank you to Martin Nimba, who does the audio mix for every episode and makes everything sound so much better than it would have otherwise. See you next time.